Welcome to Ashamed of Thrones, your once every three years podcast uh, where a bunch of idiots talk about HBO's Robert Kraft of a handshake of a TV show. That is a Game of Thrones. My name is Doug with me as always out of retirement. What's your name again? Brian. Back from the dead, Brian. <laughs> Brian. Back from the dead, Brian. Oh, wow. Way to make it uh, uh, relevant to the show. Uh, how have you been, Brian? How the fuck have you been? Uh, how, what have you been doing with yourself over the past, what, two years? How, how long has it been? Uh, mostly rewatching Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. I think that's been the, the uh, bulk of my time. Uh, and then that and the other failed show that George R. R. Martin was based on. I don't even recall what it's named at this point. Uh, yeah, that's that was called uh, Night, Night Flyers. Night Flyers. Yeah. Um, we actually recorded a podcast about that uh, before the show came out. And uh, we never aired the podcast because it wasn't very good at all. Um, not saying our podcasts in general are good, but uh, that one was particularly <laughs> awful. Um Plus, very bad formatting and bad hosting too. Bad hosting. I mean, this. Well, we'll talk about what we're going to do here tonight. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then neither of us watched the show. I didn't even feel like it wasn't easy to watch because it was on Sci-Fi or FX or something. I didn't want to care to subscribe to or even log in with an app, so I never saw it. Uh, but anyway, okay, yeah. I yeah. Didn't and your description during the podcast was so bad, I had no interest in searching it out. So. Good thing we didn't air that podcast, and good thing we didn't watch that show. Yeah, so for those of you that did watch Night Flyers, my condolences. Um, since I haven't heard anything about it at all from anyone, <laughs> I imagine it didn't go well. Um, and if you did watch it, pound off in the comments. We'd like to hear what your opinion Yes, yes, we have comments somehow. Um, speaking of which, we do have a, a listener question we'll answer later on. Um, but before, let's talk about what the fuck we're doing here. Uh, so the last Game of Thrones episode... The Dragon and the Wolf aired on, according to Wikipedia, August 27, 2017. So, a year and a half ago. Uh, quite a while. And we are obviously at the precipice of a new and final season of A Game of Thrones. Um, so, we decided, you know what, uh, let's jump on the bandwagon. We're going to uh, do one last ride uh, and cover, obviously, this season, but... We wanted to remember stuff because it was a year and a goddamn half. Like, I remember, like, big points. Like, I remember bullet points, but I don't remember how um, a lot of the details. So, we weren't going to watch the entire series through. We already did that, I mean, twice, and we podcasted about it. So, we did a review and recap for every goddamn episode. So, if you want to, uh, I don't know, torture yourself or a loved one, go ahead and check those out. Uh, but we weren't going to do that. I just wanted to watch the most recent season, season seven. We did that. And today we're going to talk about that, and I guess, if there's time, do you want to do predictions or what we're expecting for Season 8, or just kind of recap and do our um, our list? Let's do the list and then see how it goes, and then maybe if uh, there's time left, or perhaps we do a separate episode of predictions uh, at a later date. That sounds good. So we're going to do, we watched, uh, Brian and I watched Season 7, uh, it was homework, Um and according to Brian, he had a good plan of, we need a format. Obviously, you guys have listened to podcasts before. Uh, and lists are a good way to do it, especially if you are, I don't know, don't, you don't have any other ideas. You're bankrupt uh, creatively, which we are. So we decided to do five best and five worst 
things about season seven. So, yeah, I think it's a good way to get you excited about the next season without recapping or, or spending too much time speculating while also uh, enjoying the uh, the bashing that we do uh, re- revel in to some extent and looking at the worst moments. So I think it's a, a best of both worlds in a top five, worst five kind of format. I agree. We'll we'll discuss and we'll decide like how we're going to do it. Maybe I do one, you do one. Back and forth we discuss. But um, before yeah, this that, is I, definitely something we couldn't have discussed beforehand. No, absolutely not. <laughs> we'll do it with you guys here. Uh, but but for real, uh, just real quick, I consume the entire season uh, within 24 hours. Um, oh. I was over the in-laws' house and had some beers, and everybody decided to go to bed like 9.30, so I stayed up on my iPad, and I watched three episodes of season seven. And season seven was only seven episodes long, so that was half the season. And I was like, you know what? I'll just knock it out the next day. So uh, I binged it, and I got to tell you, I enjoyed the show a lot better by just binging it. Um, I feel like, I mean, I feel like ignorance must be bliss. Like if I didn't read the books, I didn't have expectations, and I was a casual viewer, I think I'd like the show a lot better than I do. And I kind of just liked consuming it all in a short period of time. Like I didn't have time to think, oh, that was really stupid because I'm more just curious to see what happens next. So I enjoyed it. I don't know about you. Yeah, I did. I, this season was, I think that the, the way of watching it just straight through like that, I do think that would lend it to be more enjoyable because there is less time to reflect and think about what's wrong. But this season, while there were a lot of issues with it, particularly the jetpacking, it was more of a dumb fun season than any other season, I think, because it largely threw the politics out the window and just relied on, hey, what's the next big event? Hey, what's the next big event? So. Um, if you take it superficially, then yes, I could see how this would be a very enjoyable season. But if you hold it up to the microscope, then, uh, geez, there's some issues. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, how do you want, uh, do you want to, so what's the, let's, let's be optimists here with our list. Now, what is more optimistic starting with the good stuff or ending with the positive? What do you think? I would think ending well, I don't know. We're looking at a primacy or recency bias. I'm <laughs> not really sure which one here. <laughs> let's let's do uh, let's do the top. Uh, let's do two of our best points. Like no, that that won't work. I want to do all worst or all best. Just flip a coin. I don't care. All right, let's do worst first. <laughs> you got it. And I got to tell uh, you, I had no trouble writing the top five worst things. I actually had uh, trouble whittling it down. Um, but I, I, I kept it All to right. a concise list, so do you want to go Fire first? Let's All go. Right. All right, so my – and this is probably the biggest one, so maybe I should say this for last, but I'm not going to. My number one worst thing about Season 7 was the lazy uh, and simple way they even the odds for Cersei by getting rid of Dorne and the Martell – or the – what are they, the Martells? Yeah. No, Martells and what are the High Garden people? Tyrells. Yeah, Olena Tyrells. Yes. Okay, so just the fucking like simple and like fast way they got rid of two huge armies. Um, this re- this really just made me angry. We even talked about it going into season seven, if my memory works. Um, and we knew they were going to eat the odds because obviously Cersei was overpowered. And watching it, you're just like they say several times. Uh, you could win the war right now, but uh, do you really want to, you know, the PR guys like, but people won't like you. Uh, 
and it just makes you frustrated because you're like, no, just yeah, just go in and just burn King's Landing to the ground. King's Landing just one. I mean, it's like the city too. So you know how like people in the flyover states. I hate New York and stuff. Oh, jeez. Here we go. Here <laughs> goes the politics. Here goes Dave Beck. <laughs> All right. Shit. So, uh, uh, but no, seriously, they we knew they were going to get rid of, they were, they were going to even the odds somehow. But uh, I guess the frustrating part was, um, you know, I guess I could understand the Tyrells, even though we didn't get a battle. We just got... Um, you know, the aftermath of a battle. But really makes me angry is Dorne. Like, they've never done Dorne uh, well. They never handled it well. Uh, but this was pretty egregious. All right, so here we go, Doug. I'm gonna, I've got an opposite take on this. Um, this actually made my best list in Ooh. that Danny was failing in this, in this season. Because before she'd been an unstoppable force, uh, I mean, Moral had not been stopped by anyone, and in this season, she had a number of notable failures, which you are kind of taking us the opposite side. I mean, I like the loss of Drogon. I like the loss of multiple allies. I like her poor planning, her being outwitted by the uh, by the the uh, by Jamie and Cersei, or primarily Cersei. I like the the loss of a dragon. Um, so I actually like this to some extent because I, the, I don't know if it was executed very well, but I, I, you know, we talked a lot about how we got sick of Danny just rolling over everyone, and these things that you're complaining about now, I thought were good. Then that, hey, Danny's finally losing some battles. Now she does turn it back around when she decides to unleash all the dragons, but then it also, hey, there's another failure when she goes uh, north of the wall, loses a dragon. So I kind of took this the other way that you know finally Danny's losing some battles, um, how, but uh, it was also stunk though to lose. Elena, but then again, we also got rid of the Sands Gang. So we got rid of the uh, Sands Gang. Kind of a different way. Yeah. All right. So my counter to that, and I've got other just tangents to go on, obviously, because right. that's what I do. Uh, but a direct counter to that, and this is what I wrote. Um, they pin. They they don't. So I've said it before. I don't like the way this show and other shows do it. It's it's a lazy thing to do. You make one character look strong by making another character look weak. And it wasn't Danny making these decisions. It was Tyrion making these decisions. And Danny lets Tyrion know. Sure. I've and she even says it. I'm done listening to you. And that's when she goes off and has the the whatever, uh, whatever the dragon uh, burning of the Lannister forces. She pins it mm-hmm. all on um, Tyrion. But I I, I kind of will will soften that criticism because I like how you're not sure uh, Tyrion is losing because he's getting outmatched or that he subconsciously doesn't want to hurt his family uh, or doesn't want to hurt him bad. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, I don't think that, I don't think the, the, the latter's true. I think he's just, I don't uh, think so either, but, the, but they yeah. mentioned it. They mentioned it a couple times. I think, I don't know if it's Danny or somebody else says uh, in the aftermath of the, the dragon battle or the dragon assault, let's call it the, what is it? The wagon train scene. Yeah. Okay. In the yeah. aftermath of that, somebody definitely says to Tyrion, "Maybe you're just trying to." Uh, oh, Danny says hand. that to yeah. at some point. Yeah, but exactly. I, I don't think there's any anything behind that whatsoever. I don't think so yeah. either. But like I said, uh, that's that's. But then even when so, and this ties into what I was saying about like why I liked Danny failing and losing her allies is even after she has that show of power, then she thinks she's invincible again and goes north of the wall and loses one of her dragons, which is 
I mean, just a massive loss. So yeah, but I, I will say that's an exchange because she loses the dragons but gains the entirety of the North. John, because of that, Jon Snow relinquishes his claim to be a king and swears fealty to her. Whereas the whole season, he was kind of like, listen, you need to help us. There's a real thing. So I think it's more of an yeah. exchange. But you're right. It was, she paid for it. It was She's a sacrifice. no longer invincible. Yeah. No. That, She's so not invincible. Like um, right. And they kind of teased it with the whole uh, Braun shooting the scorpion, the giant, the big arrow, for lack right. of a better word. Uh, they teased it, that a dragon could go down uh, in the ice or the Night King actually did it so they telegraphed that which was decent storytelling you know once again we shit all over these guys but uh i like the foreshadowing there so that's good uh so yeah that's my thing was uh all right so they got rid of the way the execution too was a problem uh we lost what little Greyjoy forces and dorn in that awful night battle um of, of a, it's a sea to sea ship to ship battle should have been fun uh it's it wasn't grand at all the scale was awful uh they needed like yes. a couple of cgi scenes just showing the 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 scale of all the ships colliding and uh it just seemed like that entire battle was amongst like 20 people um yes and they they've had scale issues i thought big time this entire season and also this uh one of the lines from this this that that battle was one of my honorable mentions for the worst. Was how about a kiss for your uncle, Unky Era? <laughs> Give us a kiss. Terrible. Uh, Just, I mean, so that line was so bad. I I mean, it still sticks out to me. And I text you occasionally and say that as well. So that was one of my honorable mentions for worst moments of the season. Oh, okay. We'll do honorable mentions. I don't want to go too far. I, I think we should move on. But yeah, uh, we can rattle off. I I figured I'd. Rattle off some honorable mentions. No, no, definitely, because I, yeah. I have a few, but I didn't write them down because I was trying to be concise. But, um, but yeah, okay. that's that's my first number one worst thing uh, about season seven. So let's hear one of your worst moments okay. of season seven. There's a number of them, uh, but uh, I'm going to go with the uh, wear bear, the the wear polar bear. Um, it, when the, the, uh, North of the wall gang out there, and it was very frustrating because, you know, we haven't seen ghost all season who was an integral part of the show. And as we've harped on, and as book readers know, the, the werewolves are, or dire wolves, I'm sorry, are very important to the characters. I mean, completely integral part of the books and D and D have just gotten rid of them seemingly for budget constraints. But then in the, I think it was in the after, after whatever the, the the interviews after the episodes where they said yeah we just want to have a cool bear attack <laughs> and f- why give us fucking ghosts back and you know I've heard the the the, um, the counter that you know D and D have been doing this a long time they've gone beyond what their contractual obligations were let them have fun with it but fuck that get rid of that stupid thing and that was also just a, a very stupid battle I don't understand why. They didn't have dragon glass on every single weapon that would have killed it immediately. Oh, yeah, as good we'll point. Get into later, yeah, and, and that that also in my probably the, my number one worst. But don't part give of it away. Season, don't give it away yet. That is a, a a theme that just makes no sense because they made such a big deal early in the season when John found it underneath the mountain. You think that I mean he'd be covered head to toe in dragon glass and 
they don't even have enough to just shove a single piece into this wear well, bear. Yeah. Okay, so so let's 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 just stop right there because I want to because it still is confusing as far as what kills what. So uh, John did a demonstration in this season in front of Cersei where he killed the wife yes. by sticking dragon glass in it and it finally died after chopping it up a million times. So you got to think that they all had the dragon glass because that was how they were able to stay alive for as long as they did on that stupid ice uh, lake, the ice fishing expedition that they ended up in at the end of the season, right? Well, th- that you're getting into my number one. Okay, all right, uh, um, all right. So, so let's wanna, just let's, 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 we'll put a pin in it. No, so okay. let's let's wrap up. Yeah, I thought the uh, my opinion on the like the dead polar bear is just like uh, they they mentioned in the books there were dead polar bears. Um, I'm glad it was on on screen. I just think yeah, it was one of these things that just <sighs> what did it do? It just lent it, to it, a, it, evacuated, it evacuated my thought. It was cool. But the fact that they're putting CGI money into that instead of ghosts infuriates me. All right. So yeah. that's that's production criticism. Yeah. But as far as sto- storytelling, all it did is leave you to uh, a sense of dread because a couple of red shirts, people we don't know, died. Um, and right. then Thoris of Mir gets a mortal wound, which is fine because they needed to kill somebody. Um, so... That's fine, but uh, I I agree with it. It was just like a it was a set piece. It it seemed kind of out of place, um, but then you know the way they kind of cobbled it together from a narrative standpoint is they're like, let's follow the tracks back to where it came from. Let's that was it. Just stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. Stupid. Why would the yeah. the bear be? Uh, Didn't, it did not tie in whatsoever to the actual battle. The battle that's later, the capture of the white. None. Was, I mean. Other than the tracks, but still, it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready? Okay. Yeah, what's next, buddy? Number two on my worst top five worst things about season seven. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, the fray genocide. Uh, let's call it the orange. What? Uh, <laughs> What do you call this? Frey aside? The Frey aside. It's not a red wedding. Yeah. It's a uh, honorable mention for me. Okay. Mention yeah. For me. So yeah. this this is my problem with it. Uh number there's several reasons. But my biggest problem with it is you this should be a cathartic moment for the audience. We hated Joffrey and seeing him die was cathartic even though they made it pretty brutal and you were like Oh, well, he is just a kid. Like, I don't know. At least I did. I was like, and and more so in the books. But the death of the phrase, these pieces of shit, you know, they made them the worst people in the world. Just utter fucking trash. You hated these people. They weren't deserving of your hate like Cersei because Cersei has at least a little bit of class and power. These people are just utter pieces of shit. And... I wanted them to suffer. I wanted this to be a bigger deal and to like do this all in like three minutes at the beginning of the episode and they didn't spend any budget. Talk about budgetary concerns by making a CGI fucking um, uh, polar bear. There is no C- There's no effects at all. When she takes off her mask. Okay. So obviously she poisons all the important phrase. Right, uh, they all right. they all die by quote unquote acting like they're choking and then they fall over, 
And then she doesn't, we don't even get a special effect of her taking off the mask, the face. It's just they do like a jump cut where like <laughs> they show her back and they show her taking off uh, a mask and it's just Arya. And I don't know. It just, it just didn't pay off at all for me. What are, what are your thoughts? 100% agreed. And they also, you know, they, they, uh, I forget what the scene was now, but they, towards the end of last season, we had one of these Arya killing moments. I can't remember what it is offhand, but I remember specifically being annoyed that this opened the season when we had something very similar the last season. Um, and then also, you know, the, the, the D after episode two was another one of these ones where they annoyed us by saying, by praising these actors, you could see how he was incorporating a little bit of Arya and his acting just like, <laughs> stop jacking these actors off. You know, I just, I hate the uh, self-congratulatory nature of, of actors in general. And the, those after episode things are particularly bad about it, but yeah, very anticlimactic. And also, you know, throughout the entire, we've had we had an entire season after this, and nobody ever explained the importance of what actually happened. Who's in charge of the the twins now? Yeah, it was like one of the most important. I mean, what was the actual impact of this episode or this scene? I don't know that there was any. Yeah, it was, but that's but that's what I mean. Is like the only impact. Yeah. It had no impact to the narrative. The only impact right. it had was to the audience, and you fucked that up because. For me, as an audience member, I wanted to recognize somebody else. The only recognizable Frey we had was Walder Frey, and he was already dead. We knew that from season six. So we just see yes, a room actually, full that, of that, that's it. That, faceless that's people die. It's so, her, her killing Walder Frey. We right. already saw her kill somebody by using her powers in the exact same spot last season. Right. So what, what I do? would have done was... Uh, move that scene where she killed Walter Frey from the end of last season to the beginning of this season, or conversely, move this opening scene of season seven where she kills all of them to the end of season uh, seven. I, I I just feel like it didn't have any weight. This was a fucking... It was a disappointment. Yeah. It just was a disappointment. I, or I don't or know have how. Edmure stroll out and just be like, hell yeah. Or no, yeah, she could have fucking uh, freed Edmure. Anything to like make this more like, yeah, you did it. Yeah, but you're right. Like, there's no political fallout. Uh, but going to political fallout, I can understand. Uh, I got to go back to my number one. So going back to uh, what happens to the twins? What what's happening there? Did they bring them into the fold? Did they get, you know, did did uh, Jon Snow and Sansa get some kind of puppet people to take over the fray? I mean, somebody's going to be there, whether you assign somebody there or some, you know, it's just chaos rules. Somebody's going to take that shit over. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, the, the twins were so important before that this would be like a huge in the war of the North versus the South, or even involving Danny. Like the twins are the crossing. I mean, this is huge, uh, and there's no just nothing given to it later on during the entire episode in terms of the politics. But I guess that was the one of the theme or not themes, but the lack of themes throughout this episode was. The politics are just taking a complete backseat to everything, you know. Yeah, and but that that feeds into one of my worst, uh, which we get into the one t- the one political thing they try to do this season. I hate it as well. So uh, I don't know what to say. All right, so let's wrap that up. What's another one of your worst moments? Okay, <clears throat> well, this is going to touch off a very long discussion because I have so many notes on this thing. The the North of the Wall gang. Um, the, I, the, I liked the interactions of all those people, 
on the way up there. Uh, of course, I'm referring to, um, gosh, who was in there? Clegane, Jon Snow, Gendry, so, Tormund, so on and so forth. I like uh, their scenes where they're talking on the way up to the north, but every other piece of that is just I, baffling to me. I mean, first, how did they think this plan would work? How did they <laughs> think a, they'd be able to just dumb grab fucking a single plan. one of them? Dumb yeah, plan. let me just rattle these off. It, it, they finally find a group of, of the White Walkers or the Whites, and they go and kill the one guy, and there's conveniently one left. I mean, just circumstance is just so stupid. Um they're not Gendry just force gumping it back to the wall somehow, not collapsing, not when they're trapped on that fucking island, not knowing how freezing water works. I mean, they've got rocks, they've got a flame sword, they've got battle hammers, they can't break up the process of water freezing. There's the battle was just absolutely terrible. The, I, I did not understand the spacing whatsoever, or how not every single person wasn't eaten. Every, the events were so stupid. I harps back to my, well, I was not every single one of them covered in dragon glass. Or why did they have fucking uh, arrows with dragon glass for fuck's sake? Right. You know, John raging at the end of it and then somehow getting out of the, the water alive, but he happens to pop out of a hole where nobody else is. And then Benjamin's there, saves him, but he has no time to stay. Yeah. Um, th- I mean, and then just also the battle too, you know, they, um, that was very confusing in terms of um, geography. It seemed like they were killing. They were killing regular people. They weren't really killing whites because you know we saw just a couple of episodes ago in King's Landing. You know, it, these people, the 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 whites don't just die when you chop their arm. You have to do something else. But it seemed like every one of the whites in that battle was just going down after just being struck, unless they had dragon glass. But we didn't see the effects of the things disappearing. And also, and also highlighted that you know we've had a bunch of different types of zombies, whites throughout this entire season, like the fast moving versus the slow moving. And you compare the the uh, whites at Hardhome where they were just fast as shit, and then this one they're just moving really slowly, kind of taking their time. It just so many things. I, I mean, I could keep going. But yeah, I'm yeah. All right. Cut off here. Yeah. So, so let me let me just go ahead and spoiler alert. Um, I only give one of them an episode. That's my thing. Uh, but. This was also one of my worst, and it was also one of my best. So one of my top five best moments of this season was the first half of this episode and those interaction between these different characters. It was by far the best work. I mean, and this is the thing that I I want to give praise. I I shit all over these guys, but Dave and Dan, they, they give us sometimes these fan moments where characters that didn't interact with the book like Arya and Tywin uh, interact, and we've wanted to see you know what happens when um, <laughs> yeah Tormund and uh, the Hound are buddies. That's fun, you know. Uh, George uh, George Mormont and John uh, talking about his dad and how Jon Snow was a surrogate son, and uh, Gior, uh whatever his name is Mormont is his real son. I mean, these are great fucking moments. That episode, that first half was so good. So that's one of my best. But yes, mm-hmm. everything about the back half of that episode is awful. <sighs> yeah, Danny's I, showing up in time. Suddenly the whites are afraid of water, but they're going to attack. But then when they need to pull the dragon out later, they have no problem apparently getting out the divers. <laughs> the diving I mean, gear and the big just, chains, yes. Yes, what? But the, the Benjen scuba, scuba thing for me uh, was like, 
the fuck you dessert to a shit sandwich of an entree. It was like, why did we need this? Like, Jon Snow stays behind for some fucking reason and then uh, goes underwater. And we've had characters go underwater. Spoiler alert. That's my second one. I already broke my rule about one of my other worst. We already had characters this season go underwater one place, show up somewhere else and be fine. Uh, This was a frozen lake. I don't know. Uh, I hated everything about the whole uh, battle. Um, yeah. and, and it took away from the dragon dying. Like, I, even watching it the first time and second time, I, I didn't feel much for the death of a dragon. Uh, I think they sold it well, but I think I was totally uh, taken aback by all the other fucking questions about those logic questions that you you brought up. Uh, yes, that it was just taken out. I was taken out of the scene. Um, it was just poorly done. Oh, top to bottom. Yes, that's 100%. I mean, I, I just rattle off, you know, 10 points, and there could be so many more points. It, it, it's baffingly poorly done. In the, I mean, I think the only excuse is that they're just trying to get from A to B to try to get to the next season, which I think I mentioned to you. They've been interviewed and said there's going to be a lot less of these leaps in logic and jetpacking. We'll see if that I'll actually happens. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, yeah, that – but this this entire I mean I think we we didn't really rank these but I think that this that second half of that episode was the worst part of the season for me. Uh I think so too. I think it was the low point. So um so that knocks out one of mine as well. Um so yeah. do you want to give me uh another one of your worst? Yeah, so I've got uh Okay, here we go. So and there's two two of them that are kind of this part of the same uh ball of wax here. But um, the Arya Sansa plot line, just, ding, just ding, so ding. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> one of mine. I mean, it was it was it seemed like purposeful obtuseness. Uh, I I don't know really what they were going for on this. I just I can't understand it. Um, I just I, I, it just baffles me. I really I haven't even been able to come up with like an explanation for it that would make sense by a screenwriter. I know that they've said like. Well, she's testing her, and she wants to make sure, and she does have doubts because of X, Y, and Z. But if they just talked to each other in like normal person terms, but they didn't even do that. They had like Arya being weirdly—I uh, know you used the same word obtuse—but I mean that's really what it was. It was like obtuseness for the purposes of obtuseness. It, it just was stupid, and it never made sense to me. I gotta agree wholeheartedly. It is also on my top five worst moments of the season and uh watching it the second time uh i was able to pinpoint the turn like uh, i it's one of these things where like what point did did were they playing little finger the whole time um i think the way the show wanted us to perceive it and the way i finally you know i was trying to give them a lot of leeway here is just after uh like at the the last moment like between the conversation that she had, she being Sansa had with Littlefinger about just think of the worst possible reason somebody could have for doing something, and that's your answer. And I think between that moment and off screen, and then when the trial happens, is when um, <laughs> Arya and Sansa get together and talk it out. Uh, I really think that that's how the show wants to present it, and that's fucking stupid. Um, yes, I, that, that is the explanation. But is 
absolutely stupid. And they actually they had a much better way of that they could have done that, and that they could have fucking Brand being involved and telling them, no, this is what Littlefinger's doing. Hundred percent, because it would yes. have been a trump card. It, and I and mm-hmm. I I think I think what they thought is this is Sansa outsmarting Littlefinger. But guess what? That did not come across. It did not come across as uh, Sansa beating Littlefinger at her own game or at his own game, and I think that's what they wanted us to think. Yes, and I think they were leaving way too much to the watcher that we would put together that there was this event that happened off screen where there was a reckoning. But to me, there was no real reason not to show the reckoning of these two putting coming together, other than to have the stupid surprise moment of the downfall. Of How do you plead? Lord Baelish, dun dun yes. dun, and that was supposed to be like a big moment, and once again, a swing and a fucking whiff. Wolf, uh, so yeah, they were very proud of themselves too. Yeah, and that's the thing up. is, you can see the arrogance yeah. or the fucking vainglory there is in saying, "Oh, this is gonna be great. They're gonna eat it up," and then just take another line of coke. Just that's David. Oh, yeah. yeah, just. Uh, but yeah, it's it's awful. There's no excuse for how bad this is. And and what's sad is that we love these characters. Like I'm glad both these characters are in Winterfell. It doesn't feel like to me they're home still. Like it still feels like uh, I don't know. It didn't feel like home. Uh, you know, I know they took it back from the Boltons. Um, right. But I think there's just so few characters. Like even like when Ari comes back, she's like, "Talk to the Maester." Oh, that guy's not here anymore. He's dead. Uh, talk to this person. They're not here. Uh, so there's there's so many people that we don't relate to at Winterfell. It doesn't feel like a homecoming. I don't know. But going that's tangential. Let's go back to this. Hundred percent agree. Worst one of the top five worst parts of this season. Everything. Yes, and, and actually, I don't I don't want to uh, leapfrog you, but I, this. Also ties into one of my other worst moments, and maybe I was being uh, too pedantic. No, or no, too no, go for it because, this. because this was yeah. obviously I've knocked out two of my worst because they echoed yours. So go ahead. Yes. So this also ties into one of my worst is Littlefinger's demise. You know, I, he was the architect of chaos, and he rose so far through climbing the ladder, etc. And then he died in just a pretty banal way. He was outside, outsmarted by these two idiots. You know, I, it, that kind of sucked, I thought, because Littlefinger, you know, imagine this, imagine every possibility that's ever all happening. He couldn't predict that Sansa and Arya would be able to figure out that he was playing them. It seems such a simple way. And, you know, the, the one thing that I would say that would have made it so that, hey, you know, it makes sense that, that Littlefinger was finally outsmarted by these idiot Stark girls is because Bran was involved, but Bran wasn't involved, so... I thought that was a really disappointing way for maybe the smartest guy in the, on the show to get taken out. I would agree with you, and I think they could have just thrown him a bone. I think that they should have allowed him to work his machinations and had some success. Uh, yeah. But in in this, the way they did it, he didn't have any success. He just had one play. He didn't have. He wasn't right. playing 3D chess. He just had this one plan, and it didn't work out, and he got killed. That yeah, he was me. trying to play sisters against each other, which I mean, it just seems like a, just a terrible plan, especially if that's his only plan. I, you that, know, that's for, the thing is, it's its own. Correct. That's his only plan. That's the problem, and I think mm-hmm. they drove it home by saying you're trying to pit sister against sister, just like you did with my mother and Liza, right. uh, and that's great. But once again, Littlefinger should have, like, he should have been trying to work deals with uh, the guy from the Aaron, whatever that guy is. Uh, 
don't know what it is. Uh, John Royce? Yeah, Bron John Royce uh, or somebody else. Like they should have Bron- shown him. Bron John. <laughs> Bronze Jock Royce. Uh, but yeah, they he was just he was one dimensional, and that's a fucking problem. And, but, Sucks. Yeah. But that's the thing is, you know, the intrigue that. And I watched a uh, video the other day about they were just doing a retrospective about the whole series. I mean, intrigue is what the first season was all about. Like the political intrigue, the machinations, the behind, you know, who's going to get who, the plotting. Uh, oh, yeah. It was so well done, but that's all George R. R. Martin. Once again, these guys adapted a book series written by a gentleman who wrote episodic TV um, for years. Uh, and then. When you get well, here, also the the uh, Spike Lee's the twenty fifth hour as well. <laughs> What's that? One of them was involved in writing the twenty fifth hour. Oh, I'm talking about George. George writing oh, uh, TV. Oh, sorry, because George George wrote for uh, Beauty and the Beast. I don't remember watching it, but anyway, <laughs> the Ron Perlman. <laughs> yes, Ron. Per- was nice. Ron Perlman in that? I believe so. Oh man, did that did that have any connection to the meatloaf? Uh, I would do anything for love video, or is that just? <laughs> no, but it was part of the uh, part of the uh, oh shit! What's that motorcycle show? Oh, uh, ride with Norman Reedus. Ah, oh, damn it! Uh, uh, we'll come Sons back of Anarchy verse. Oh yeah, yeah. Ron Perlman's amazing. All right, um, yeah, I should have found a spot for him on this show. Okay, um, yeah. So that is also on my list. Um. Let me, the only other, I only have one other worst because we had so much overlap. Uh, and that is the Braun and Jamie swimming pool moment from uh, the Wagon Train episode. And I'm going to give away Wait, one of what? my best. Uh, uh, when Braun saves Jamie from Dragonfire. Oh, yes. yes. And they fall into. Uh, the lakeshore and they do this like bullshit and once again it's another uh, it seems like vanity because they have this like Lord of the Rings underwater like kind of effect of Jamie like falling into <laughs> just depths just this is what 20 feet of water I don't yes uh, and and they were riding a horse along the water's edge I mean when you when, when you even stop to think about it for a second it just it's maddening and the reason why it's on my top 5 list is because it left a bad taste in my mouth from one of my top 5 best moments of the season ooh, ooh, ooh. which is be some crossover on top 5s here buddy I know so I think I think there's enough overlap this will be a this won't be a 2 hour episode but yes the wagon train I'll get it out of the way right now one of my favorite moments was the whole wagon train assault Seeing whoa 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 whoa. Ugh. Let's finish up worse. All, right, all right, so worse. Okay. Let's finish up worse. This was so, so bad it, because yes. the rest of the episode was so good, uh, and but it was frustrating. They, it, it just it took it, once again it it took me out of the episode and I was enjoying myself, and I was just as angry watching it again this time as I was the first time. Yeah, I, I, if, I don't remember other examples, and I may be making this up in my head, which I often do. But I no, remember no there question. being a few stupid cliffhangers in this season, and this one being the worst one, which was striking to me because I don't remember there being any cliffhangers in prior seasons. It seemed like they were all – like every episode was completely encapsulated within the episode. 
But this one, just I mean, were they doing like a, a Jr. You know, from Dallas or who? You know, is he alive or is he dead? I mean, of course he's fucking alive. Right. Yeah, they're but not they going to kill somebody like that. Much. Yeah, it was so terrible. I, I didn't understand it. And even you know, it also like I don't know if it made logical sense either because if they're like a foot beneath the water and this dragon's you know shooting fire at the water. You would think it would boil the shit out of the water and kill him. You but... would think because they're able to boil men. Let, let's face yes. it. They boiled people so that the wind blew after these guys got lit on fire in the same episode, and these guys were just ash. That means the yeah. water, and I've looked online. The human body is made up of exactly some amount of water, but it's the majority of your right. your uh, composition, and girls girls have or boys have a penis and girls have a vagina too. Yes, and depending on how what time of the month is, girls might have more water. No. We don't. No, no, they'll do that. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, I was trying to make a reference to <laughs> kindergarten cop. Yeah, I know, but Jerry Maguire. Yes, guess what? Our audience is too young and hip. They haven't seen Kindergarten Hop. Okay, so um, it's not a tumor. Yes, that's also a line from the movie. Um, <laughs> infuriating all right so yes this was just so bad it just didn't make any sense and once again it was it was for the sake of a cliffhanger number one that nobody bought into number two it it was just like was over the top uh i think it was done so they could do a pretty moment they're like hey can we do that cool thing where people are underwater but they're not really underwater and they're kind of like in slow-mo i think sin city did it as well do you remember the robert rodriguez sin city one i know of it i've never seen it Hey, you don't don't bother. <laughs> but they had this thing where like people are just kind of like, you know, obviously not in water and there's shadows and everything's in slow mo, but it's really beautiful. And I think they did it in Lord of the Rings. Anyway, uh, just frustrating because, particularly because of the context of when it happened, at the end of a brilliant episode. So go ahead, finish us up with the uh, top five worst parts. Okay, so my last worst is Bran the entire season. <laughs> He just fucking sucks. I mean, I get it. He's like in this weird transition where he's becoming the three-eyed raven, but he's just so awkward for no reason. You know, there's the Sansa conversation. You were so beautiful the night that you were raped by your husband. When he first sees his sister, <clears throat> you know, he treats Mira like shit or lets her go and doesn't really say anything to her that's nice. You know, there's uh, – they don't really even seem to use his knowledge, like we mentioned earlier. No, yeah, where he, they don't use anything. <clears throat> right. And, I mean, there is some of the, we need to send a raven to the citadel. But, you know, we, I mean, we know what he, he said, but it doesn't really seem to have any impact on the show because the citadel doesn't give a shit. Um, they tease him at then, the end by saying, yeah. like, chaos is a ladder. But, but once again, they didn't, he wasn't instrumental in uh, right. Littlefinger's downfall. He was just like... Oh yeah, this too. I, I kind of know what you did, even though uh, Sansa figured this all out. What? Yeah, so he acts like he has no social skills whatsoever throughout the episode, but the prior Three-Eyed Raven didn't really have that at all. No. So I don't understand why he's a fucking maniac. Um, or not a maniac. I don't, I don't even know how to describe him. He's just robotic and um, yeah, it just doesn't really make any sense. Um, well, so the, I, I was frustrated with they, they. I mean, that was obviously a character choice by D and D, but I did not understand the character choice. And you think that someone who had all the knowledge in the world would have some amount of social skills, especially because the prior person who had all the knowledge in the world 
had some social skills. So, and so, I, I want to say what, what really made it frustrating watching it the second time was the last, the last moment we get with him and Sam Tarley. Um, he mm-hmm. is human because he's like, oh, yeah, I'll go check that out. I'll go look that up in my vision yeah. library. And we get we get rules. We, you know what I mean? They establish it like they establish that he can see things that are happening now and things that are happening in the past. So he doesn't have future uh, whatever uh, internet. But he's got now and past internet. And Sam tells him to go look it up. And he's like, oh, wow, this is awesome. He wasn't yeah. – uh, Jon Snow's parents – he wasn't a bastard. He's legitimate, and he's the heir to the Iron Throne. He's a Targaryen. Like in the reading that Bran has is human. It's injected with emotion, and I'm like, you could have played this a little bit creepy, but not sociopathic. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we could have had like a real cool hint of how his power would come to be by him being the one that outed Littlefinger, and that also would have. Tied up the whole Littlefinger story and made it less ridiculous. I mean, there are such opportunities to use Bran's abilities, and they just squandered it so bad. So, but not only that, just, like I think, yeah. I think to your point, the just him not being enjoyable, just him being a robot and having no emotion yeah. after hey, having sister, reunions with the, two you remember sisters. Remember when you were raped? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Then I think that the last uh, when he saw when he saw um, when he saw uh, Arya again, I think he was a little bit more personable, but still. I don't know. It just sucked. So, it did suck. I agree. Yeah. Okay. I got a couple honorable mentions. Um, Rattle them off. For, okay. Here we go. First one: uh, Theon being powered up by getting kicked, <laughs> kicked in, in the balls. Junk. Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. awful. Yes. Yeah. Um, the re- the revisiting of the line: "Give me twelve good men, and I'll impregnate the bitch." <laughs> uh, and then in the entire sewer story, which just was just terrible. Also, I mean, 12 men to impregnate a woman. I mean, come on. What's going on there? Um, and then uh, oh, the last one was terrible cliffhangers, but we already talked about that. So uh, so um, I want to uh, defend the the 10 men and I'll impregnate the bitch. It could have been uh, a wink and a nod to the audience like, hey, we know this is ridiculous and stupid. Or they could have played it straight like this is good advice. Uh, and I think you're – Assertion is that they're like, hey, yeah, this is yeah. good advice by Brand or Braun. Whoever. Wait, are you saying you have fertility problems? You bring in twelve men. <laughs> I no, I just think they they're like. I think the most generous reading is people have been giving us shit for this line for years. Let's bring yeah. it back and like wink at the audience. That's the only thing I can think of. Mm. Uh, the know. sewer thing is fine because at, that's a book theory. I mean, that's been around forever. Like, uh, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tyrion was in charge of the sewers at, um, uh, yeah, at, uh, King's not King's Landing, uh, Lannis, not Lannisport, what is it? Casterly Rock, Dragon there it is. Casterly Rock. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that Casterly Rock was that young that, uh, it would have had time for Tyrion to be in charge of the sewers. No, he wasn't in charge of the sewers. He was in charge of getting the sewers, like, up to date. Like, it was just like they're in an old house, and it's just like, hey. Like, imagine if you had to do a reno job in a, a house where, like, we got to take out all the plumbing. Um, you know, it, that's what his, his deal was. This um, is not a, uh, a not an instance where an analogy is required. You can just say this. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of HGTV, okay? And uh, I'm thinking about, yeah. uh, you know, replacing the lead pipes with uh, PVC. Anyway, so... Uh, and he did say something about sneaking people, uh, prostitutes in uh, somehow. So I guess it was a little bit of a nod, but yeah, it was not worth it. 
I didn't enjoy the whole like the outsmarting. I don't know of uh, that Jamie did by letting the um, Unsully take Casterly Rock and then having Euron's army uh, or flotilla, whatever the fuck a bunch of ships are, magically all the way over there. When there's no Suez Canal across Westeros, they got to go all the way like from King's Landing all the way to the bottom of the map. Around Dorn, uh, so once again, more teleporting. Ah, uh, all right. So let's move on. I got. I we got. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing here, buddy? I'm going off on uh, sorts of tangents. Okay, let's Focus. get the best, best, best. Uh, my notes app has crashed, so go ahead and start us off while I reload it. Okay, best. Uh, I did see. Okay, one of my favorites was Danny's armies in action. Um, we really got to see the dragons and the Dothraki. Just go out and wreck. It took a little while to get there because Tyrion wanted her to hold her them back, but we finally got to see them attack the uh, Lannister and, and Ty- the Tarly wagon train, um, <clears throat> which was very interesting. Uh, the Dothraki would they, they? I think the comment was they. I forget what the comment is, but something to the effect of these people are too easy to kill. Yeah, um, your people don't so, know how to fight. <laughs> yes, yes, and then also we got to see the dragons before the one got was killed. We got to see how the dragons could wreck the zombies too. So I think this might have been the first time that we saw Danny's army in full scale battle, um, and how. But this was without the Unsullied. Can you imagine, like the Unsullied yes. and the Dothraki, and this was with one dragon. We right. never got to see her wreck with three dragons, and guess what? We never will. Um, I mean, the what what happened to Marine was was stupid. Like uh, they just burned one boat, and that was it. Um, right. This was. I agree. This, this is the, on, I think this is the first time we saw a real battle. Yeah. Yep. This was, was on my was top in, five. So. Yeah. And the Lannisters are supposedly in between the Lannisters and Tyrells. You would think they had a. You think they have a good army, but um, they just destroyed them. But also made me wonder though, why are the Dothraki so much better at fighting than anybody on the Westeros? I'm not sure I understand uh, that. So my the so the rationale is, and I think it's in the books as well, uh, the people of Westeros, uh, they they excel at you know being heavily armored and fighting other armored people, and they excel at being able to withstand sieges in their castles, which is another reason why the whole High Garden thing happening quickly is absolutely ridiculous because. You can't really storm the gates of a castle. Um, they ha- you can't really do it. Like, it happened twice this season. Doesn't really happen, okay? You can defend a castle pretty well. Uh, but in the open field, Dothraki can wreck. That's that's just how it is because you have spearmen. Uh, they were taken unaware. They weren't behind defensive positions in a castle. You got to think, in a castle, Lannisters would have, if not the upper hand, they'd be able to hold their own a little better. But in an open field like that, yeah, the Dothraki just wreck. Uh, and, yeah, and man, I don't know. I don't that, know that like, I get at because I think if you have a good uh, archery battalion just raining, raining arrows upon them and they don't have any armor to defend, or even the fucking um, – during the Battle of the Bastards, the guys with all the spears, you know, the uh, – I forget what, uh, which, which houses those were. But, I mean, I would think they'd be able to do very well against the Dothraki. I mean, just a, a bunch of archers shooting against unarmed people on horses. 
It would destroy them. Yeah, but I think also that um, the Dothraki don't form, don't fight in formation. So, like, think back to like Revolutionary War type of uh, fighting, where like they just had like a row of guys line up and facing another row of guys, and they just shot fucking muskets, and then they reloaded and just shot each other and shot each other. Uh, and then guerrilla warfare, and obviously, I'm sure there's some kind of command structure, but there's no infantry. The Dothraki are all horse-based. It's just all cavalry. And I don't think they attack in, like, flying Vs. Like, if if you had all the Dothraki coming at you in one direction, in one, like a, like a column, or not a column, but, like, just one fucking cluster of them, I'm sure you could defeat them. But I think in real life, the Dothraki don't plan that far ahead. They're just like, hey, just kill them. And then every man is their own general on the field, I really think. But that's me, and I don't know anything about military tactics. Um, but that's just the Agreed. impression I have. No question, but uh, let's <laughs> let's move on. This is also one of my top five best moments. Just seeing the full might of Danny's uh, army and dragons... Uh, this was, I think, the crown jewel of the season. I, my most, the most enjoyable moments of television for this season, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is the payoff. We, uh, at least reading the books, you're like, okay, Danny's going to cross the narrow sea with her dragons, with her armies, and bring it to Westeros. Uh, and we've been waiting forever to see this, and we got to see it, so it was nice. It was, and it's an amazing battle. It's an amazing piece of not just television. It's an amazing piece of entertainment, which is why I hated the stupid jump in the water thing. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So bad. All right. What's your number uh, two best moment? Okay. Uh, let me see. Okay, here we go. Uh, hurtling towards the finish. You know, I, I, I hated the jetpacking. It's very bad. I mean, so many leaps in logic and very frustrating at times if you spend even like a microsecond looking at it. But, you know, I do appreciate that they did bring all these things together in uh, in the entire in the season, which we're not like. I mean, uh, you can look at the gaps in time and leaps of logic and those sorts of things. But none of them were so bad that you can't just. okay, fine. Uh, That's fine. I mean, none of them were beyond. None of them were like episode I'm never going to watch this shit again. I, I think it's a better way to put right. it. So, yeah. yeah. And so I do appreciate that we're hurtling towards the finish. And then, you know, I think I mentioned to you, D&D swear up and down that this last season, there's not going to be as much jetpacking. There's going to be more logic, those sorts of things. So I'm taking the jetpacking as a good thing. And I'm optimistic that they're going to not necessarily make us uh, suspend disbelief quite as much in this last season. One can hope, but, uh, you never know. Uh, all right. My best we've already kind of talked about. Um, the first half of Beyond the Wall, um, all those characters interacting. I'm not going to repeat myself, but that was also a very enjoyable uh, portion of television. So um, Yes. And that, t- that ties into one of mine. Reunions and first unions in general. I mean, characters meeting characters, I think, is the best part of this entire season. Right. Um, you know, there's the Path to King's Landing where there's a lot of reunions there. There's the North of the Wall gang, a lot of fun stuff. Um, I really liked uh, 
Gendry being angry that he was sold into slavery and people telling him, hey, what's the big deal, buddy? You know, um, Tormund and um, Tormund and Clegane talking about Brienne and then the line, Dick, I like that. I bet you do. Like a lot of that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, Jorah and Danny being reunited was really great. Um, the Stark kids being reunited. I mean, this entire season is, is I mean, a lot of, the biggest theme, I think, is reunions. And we're not and not even reunions, unions and reunions, because it brings together a lot of people who never see each other, but also brings back a lot of people who have seen each other um, in the past and haven't for a long time. And a couple of the biggest ones I'm looking forward to are coming in the next season. I'm really looking forward to Arya seeing uh, John. Clegane. Oh, Clegane too. Yeah, John, yeah, Clegane, John. all the like. Yeah. Uh, and and I got to agree with you 100. Um, percent But what I my fear is for this next season is they're like going to be aware that it's all ending and they're going to too, do too much. Like, hey, remember this yeah. part? Remember yeah. that part? You, I've heard a rumor, guys. They're all right. So. If you if you really this is going to be for real though if you really don't don't want spoilers for season eight, I've heard that the third episode is going to be entirely eclipse episode of just past moments of previous seasons. Yeah, with uh with the the song "Time of Your Life" by Green Day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, then no. graduation. <laughs> but uh, but for real, yes, uh, I did love these meetings and. But here's the thing is, uh, if you thought about it for longer, you're like, hey, these gripes would be enough to, like, uh, sustain multiple episodes of conflict. Like, any one of these things. Like, Gendry getting sold into slavery. Uh, you know, John and Jorah uh, fighting over his dead dad. Uh, like, all these things are uh, pretty, like, I don't know. But I, I like how they just yeah. like said, "Hey, yeah, they acknowledge Deanna, it." John. Yeah, I mean, like, oh yeah, even so Tyrion, uh, Tyrion getting mad at uh, the sand the head sand skank about killing Marcella. Um, yeah, you know, she they're meeting, they're getting angry, but then they move past it. Um, so, so many reckonings, and then also also new introductions, which I kind of threw under the whole the same uh, the same category. Because yeah, how can you separate them? All right, so I got to tell you, these are my. I only have three best of, and I got to tell you, it was hard coming up with best moments or best things or positive things to say about this season. I mean, let's, let's, we always try to say that we're critical of the show because we want to be bigger fans of it. Like, it's still like one of the best shows on television. Now, that being said, it's hard to look past of all the criticism. So these last are, these last three for me are going to be very flimsy. Okay, just warning you, okay? The first okay. one is I didn't mind, and this is one of the best moments. I didn't I didn't <laughs> mind. I did not mind. It did not make me angry that. It didn't make me angry, but it had potential to Danny and John's courtship and interaction. Because I was not looking forward to these two actors um playing off each other you can uh, argue that they're what getting it on well getting it on is the culmination right. but like uh you can argue whatever the i don't want to say skill or proficiency of acting but like you know these are both kind of wooden characters like they're the 
they're the heroes, you know. Danny and John are the heroes of the story. I mean, they they are the song of ice and fire, or their progeny, which is probably what's going to come. Their children from <sighs> incest fucking. But um, there was p- big potential for this romance to be infuriating, and I don't think it was. I thought it was kind of not. I didn't mind it. <laughs> That's all I got to say. No, I, I agree with you. I didn't mind it, but it also was part of the. Um I did not like the fact that it happened while the wall was coming down and one of those convenient timing things that was a problem throughout the entire episode, the entire season. So, I mean, I, I don't know that I had a strong opinion on either way. I just didn't care about for the timing of it more than anything. Yeah. I mean, not the culmination of them fucking, I'm talking about they're interacting on Dragonstone and the back and forth about like, you know, ask, you know, Tyrion saying, ask me for a dragon glass or ask me for something practical. Yeah, like, I thought that was pretty good. That's I what mean, I'm talking I, I about. Yeah, I'm talking about their solid. their interaction yeah. through the whole season, which led to the moment yeah. of them fucking. That's fair. Uh, because yeah. when, do you remember when Jon Snow, like, I guess somehow after that bullshit being underwater and being frozen on a horse for hours, conservatively? Days, uh, possibly. Days. And then like taking off his clothes and then he's just in the bed and he's just staring at her with no emotion on his face saying, Hey girl. Um, uh, that was pretty bad, but still, <laughs> I mean, overall it was, it, it wasn't awful. So I got to give the actors credit. I'm going to give the director and, uh, the showrunners credit for making the John and Danny interactions, um, better than bad. They they put, the, the important thing was that the progression made sense. I agree. It really did within the context right. it wasn't, of the show. There wasn't so. a huge jump of, like, we're in love now. But I also wasn't, like, excited about it. But I, I'm never – when I'm watching TV shows, I'm never one of those people, people – what's that called? Shipping? Yeah. People get excited that they want – yeah, I've never been a, a shipping guy. Uh, they're, they're the, one of the biggest shipping is San San, uh, which is Sansa and Sandor. Sansa and Sandor Clegane. Yeah, because like remember, oh, <laughs> yeah, remember Whoa. in uh, I don't know, it was season two with the uh, yeah. the battle where uh, uh, Baratheon Stannis is coming in and yeah, so it's a ba- battle for uh, Blackwater, right? And Clegane goes yeah. to see Sansa and like does that weird rapey, you know? I didn't think thing. that was rapey at all. I think oh, it's it's much more safe. rapey in the book. He's just like. Give me like Sansa starts to fantasize that she was kissed that night later on. So she oh, has geez. false memory in the book that uh, Clegane forcibly kissed her um, where it was weird where he was threatening to kill her or take her with him. He offered to take her with her anyway. Yeah, the show, the show it was it seemed like he just was going to take her somewhere where you could give her back to her family, and get some money. And that was it. Yeah, it but there was there was some there there was some dark darker overtones in the book at least uh, for Not sure. The show. But anyway, yeah. that's that's a shipping thing, and I'm glad you don't do that. But that's um, no, really uh, what do you do with your own life? Your shipping characters. I feel like you show. ship characters if you don't have porn around and you want to arouse yourself. It's just like where can you even find porn? I've looked all <laughs> over. <laughs> but like if you're if you're reading a Harry Potter book and there's and you don't have internet connection because you're in like I don't know Vermont and you're also 11 so you're reading a Harry Potter book <laughs> yeah so, all right let's let's move on okay, okay so uh, yeah. give me a best of for you or wait did you with the uh, no I've given I've given most of mine um, 
I do have one more on the list. Do you have two more? I've got two more. Okay. So um, (laughs) this is going to sound awful. And once again, I was grasping at straws here, but I kind of enjoyed the conversation with Braun and Jamie up on the wall before the dragon pit interaction when they're talking about the Dothraki and the importance of Cox. Because it was, they've done this like trashy conversation so often and it's just bad. But this one actually had some philosophical merit to it. Uh, It was done well, where, you know, Bronze just like, why would you fight? And um, Jamie's like, if you don't have a cock, he's just like, well, you know, a lot of these people are fighting for their families. Well, these people don't have families because they don't have dicks. (laughs) You know, maybe they're fighting for money. Most of the soldiers I know about get the money and spend it on prostitutes. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's good. I guess I am, but I want to say that they took something that was shameful, what they've done in the the past and put a little bit of, uh, spit shine on it. And uh, I thought it was kind of like, I don't know, like a, a fun moment between two characters, Jamie and Braun. Um, you seem to be really down. I remember that scene. I, I didn't, I didn't really register much. Hey, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. That's fine. Go ahead. Give Good me one you. of your stupid fucking best of. Bet you, right. I bet you it's Did awful. you get the margaritas out tonight, buddy? What's going on here? No, I had a couple of beers though, yes. No, I just it didn't I just didn't I, I, I remember that scene specifically, but I got really it. Get... It doesn't do it for you. Move on. <laughs> See listeners, this is how he treats me. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Um, So my last uh, best of was the dragon pit scene in general. I really liked almost all of it. Um, You know, there was a lot of fun moments from it. Euron being a jerk to Theon out of nowhere. That shit was hilarious. I don't like Euron in general. I think he's kind of a crappy character, although he does fit a role. But him just in the middle of this, like, gathering of all the most powerful people, Westeros, and he just stands up and goes, you know, he just yells at Theon. Very funny. I thought Danny's show of power by showing up late and on top of one of her dragons was awesome. Uh, I thought uh, the release of the white was was really cool, you know, especially that uh, it, it ran at Cersei, almost got to him or to her, and it stopped very short. And also the way they treated the white, cutting it down and then showing how it kept attacking, and John was describing how these things are relentless and very scary. At the same time, Euron had a boner that he's never had before in his life. We also had the very short Clegane poll preview by uh, by Sandor walking up and saying, uh, you remember me, you ugly fucker. I'm going to be the one that kills you. You know, I just uh, the entire scene. And also, I think this was the best uh, gathering of all of the main characters that we've seen so far. And also, you know, uh, Cersei walking out of there and John having to stick to the truth because that's who he is in this world of liars. I mean, I, th- th- I think this might have one have been top two or three seasons in the entire series to me. Uh, I will disagree with you somewhat, but I, I'm going to agree with you as well because I'm not as much of an asshole as you are. So um, <laughs> I will say that I enjoyed the scene a lot more the second time through um, because I think I was frustrated by the futility of the whole thing because at the end of the day, uh, nothing gets um, accomplished. The whole bullshit of them, the dumb fucking plan of them going north of the wall, Danny losing a dragon. 
this gets compounded because they don't accomplish anything. The only thing they gain instead of the Lannisters, uh, they get Jamie heading north to help them out when the rest of the Lannisters and Cersei are still going to betray them. Um, so I think I was still pissed off about the aftermath or the culmination or what this meeting uh, meant to the story as a whole. Uh, but I got to agree with you. I enjoyed it a lot better the second time around. Yeah. And I, I, you know, that's a fair criticism that it didn't actually accomplish anything, but you know, is the point of it that it didn't accomplish anything, you know, that Cersei's still just being a maniac despite this overwhelming evidence in front of but, but once again, uh, uh, well, let's yeah. let's let's go back to one of my – we've had these before. I'm not going to go into one. But you are familiar with something called a Doug rant, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Doug. <laughs> please, don't, please don't hurt him. <laughs> but w- most of my Doug rants have been about Jamie and Cersei's relationship. Um, right. And how – like they never severed. Like even this season, he was like up in her shit. He seemed to resign to her, um, kind of up in her shit as well. But like this was the moment that breaks Jamie's loyalty to Cersei. Like it's it's broken. It's never coming back. Um, but that's really all that really gets accomplished, right? Yeah, you know maybe that could be a worst of the series too. Is that it took this long to him finally walk away because he's still a Lannister and he's still. You know, he, he he still is one of the most handsome men in Westeros. I mean, does he really need Cersei? He could have walked away. I mean, he has to realize she's a goddamn lunatic, you know? Well, he has that kind of, like, vanity that she has. Like, they're just in love with themselves, which is yeah. why they're in love with each other. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. She's just, she's just more off the deep end than he is. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'll agree with you. I, I enjoyed this scene a lot more. Uh, honorable mention for worst of, just Euron in general. Um he yes. he was awful. The casting was awful. Uh, they didn't make him seem threatening. That one shitty night battle where he like proves himself in combat. Give a kiss to Unky Euron. Yeah, they could like this. The what are the fucking um, island Iron Islanders? They are basically like trash people. Well, they're basically like Vikings, right? Like they are people that don't. They don't sow. They don't fucking farm. They don't raise shit. They just take other people's bullshit. They're, um, you know, a culture based on crime. Okay, so you, this guy, like I said, he seems like he's eating cheese curds and has a, you know, is going to uh, Packers games. This guy, you think he's got poutine? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think he's going north of the wall to get poutine on the weekends because uh, he's got his passport. Um, up in Canada, but this guy is not threatening at all, and I think they they played him up to be like more of a joker. Uh, and yeah, his barbs were funny occasionally, but his like hot topic outfit, um, he's not threatening at all. I'm not afraid of this guy. Um, they no, done... this this is the only scene that I really liked him because I just thought it was funny that he was trash talking Theon in the middle of this like the gathering of the most important people in the world. He just stood up and goes. <laughs> Fuck you, you know. Yeah. And Tyrion's so, like, what what the fuck is this? He's yeah. like looking at so, like, like Cersei yes. going, huh? Everything related to that I thought was funny. Um so two questions that to, uh, that popped out to me while watching the scene was do you think that uh Sandor Clegane is actually going to kill the mountain? 
I feel like Dan and Dave are going to give the people what they want. So yes, I think there is gonna. Okay. I think there is gonna. I don't know if he's gonna kill them. I think there's gonna be some kind of showdown slash battle between the two because if they don't, it's it's a missed opportunity. Uh, Dan and yeah. Dave, as much as a disadvantage as they are by not having the full they've done fan story, service for sure. Yes, they've done fan service, and if they want to please people, um, and they should, um. They should give them this. Like, you know, once again, uh, like I said, the um, Aria Tywin interactions was a high point for the entire series for me because, you know, it was a deviation from the book that actually was great that I enjoyed the shit out of. Um, All right. So, follow up question Do you think that the mountain, because he's undead, has to be killed by Dragonglass? Well, this gets in the whole we don't know the different kinds of zombies. And there was that George R. R. Martin like interview where he talks about like there's fire zombies and ice zombies, um, and when, I think it was in relation to John. And you're like, what? Like, uh, John seems like a normal person, whereas you know the ice zombies uh, aren't. They're not. They don't retain any of their former selves. Seem like, um, and no one knows what the fuck Gregor Clegane's deal is. But he's definitely right. a zombie um, of some sort. I don't know. Um, I feel you like they're going to give us. I don't what, know. <laughs> what? You could just say I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like ugh, this is my thing. I hate people who say it is what it is because usually they say that phrase after babbling for way too long. Um, so I apologize to all of you. So this would be a good time for you to say it is what it, it is. It is what it is. Uh, you know the mountain <laughs> and the fucking uh, hound. It is what it is. Uh, one other question I had though. That race in this scene is, you know, I don't really understand what the dragon pits are because if you look at when Drogon came in, how big he was. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, so I were the, the dragon th- pits like what were the dragons actually fight in those things? The dragon so, pit was just a place to keep them, and it was much bigger than they showed us. That the dragon pit set is an old Roman Colosseum in Spain uh, that that just looks cool, but yes, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Because was it supposed large. to be a place that dragons like fought, or just they no? Just, a, just it was a kennel. It was like you got to go uh, to work all day, and you can't keep leap your dragon around the oh, apartment because he's yeah, going to shit geez. all over the place. So you put the dragon yeah. in a kennel. That's what the dragon pit was. It was just a kennel. Wow. Nowhere close to the, the scale that I would have expected. And it's not obviously. And they they've made that apparent by making Drogon, who isn't even as large as. Uh, the, the dragon that they showed in the fucking uh, basement that Cersei put the yeah. spike through, uh, Balerion the Dread, obviously he won't he won't even be able to take a shit in that. He'll, he'll use like a litter box. Like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I just realized Danny's dragons were tied up in the basement for years. What? How did they... You know what? Never mind. Yeah, Too well, they were supposed to stunt the growth. Yeah, a bunch of questions yeah. we could do on time for. All right, so... But they um, were, though, so... Yeah. Anyway, so okay, I've got uh, a few honorable mentions here. All right, last thing, let me just let yeah. me just say my another, my, my, my final best, and it, once again, it's shaky, is just the overall right. production value. Um, most of the things, besides, like I said, the thing with the phrase and not wanting to put any CGI or effects into Arya's uh, skin changing by putting on people's faces, I feel like the way the dragons looked, you know, John petting a dragon, uh, the. The, the production value of the dragon attack on the wall, 
Um, even though I hated the the fight scene of the uh, whatever the Magnificent Seven of Beyond the Wall, I still appreciated the. Um, it looked great. Like um, it seems like a a lot of this stuff seems like a movie quality uh, production. Oh no so, question. Yeah, I know that's kind of a cheat to say something that's not really a moment, but it's all I got. No, no, I get it. They they definitely put money into certain places where it counted. It. Um, I was just frustrated that they put money into places where I didn't think it counted. They could have put it in places where money did count because I mean, where the hell is Ghost? Ghost is still alive somewhere else. And we also got the you know what it actually should have been all my honorable mentions of worst of Arya seeing her dire wolf again and that's not you oh, honorable mention for me yeah that was terrible but honorable mention and, and it was that was such a it was a callback to a season one throwaway line you know when she was fighting uh, and Ned said that's not you and we're supposed to remember that from I don't season remember that one yeah it was when she was uh, sword fighting he monitor he was watching her sword fight with. Um, Serio, and he was hearing like sort of. He said, "That's not you," about her not being a oh, lady. Oh yeah, wearing dresses and shit. Yeah, yes, and so that was a callback to that line, which is, "Who in the fuck even?" You built a scene around a line that nobody in the world, I mean, other than maybe two people, remember. Um, so that was an honorable mention. Actually, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't write that down. But so I have a couple of honorable mentions for best of. First, the death of the sand skanks. Uh, just that entire scene. We talked about earlier how the battle seemed made no sense, but we've hated the Sand Skanks for so long, and that battle also made no sense whatsoever. The the one um, <clears throat> I forget who the matriarch or the Sand Skanks was, but yeah, she basically no can't ca- remember. She basically cowered in that that uh, in the in the hold while one of her daughters tried to to defend her very poorly. Which was really weird, I thought too, because I thought we were led to believe that the Sandskanks were incredible battle, they, but they were just overtaken by Euron's foot soldiers, more or less. So that was satisfying to see them eliminated, and then also that you know that uh, the primary Sandskank was going to have to. Yeah, I be. didn't like that. We we talked about that in the original watch. You didn't like it? No, because once again, it's it's just like kind of like it. it Torture porn? No, but it, it's like a ghost story or something. And like, this is a visual medium TV. Yeah. Like, um, if they would have checked in on her a couple times, I thought that would have been fine. Like, I'm serious. If they would have like later on in the episode, like Jamie's talking to Cersei and they're just having a conversation about um, the dragons attacking and how many like people they've lost, and they're just walk, they're they're good old uh, walk and talk. I don't know what's the guy that does the walk and talk thing. Uh, from like newsroom and Aaron Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin walk and talk. Yeah, so they're talking about like what happened, and then they just happen to walk into the dungeon, and like there's the rotting corpse of her daughter, and she's just yelling and baby driven mad. I think that would have sold it a little bit more for me. But you know, you're not going to see the sand skank woman again. Um, like I said, I think it would have been more traumatizing to like. Um, Burst the woman's like do the Clinton or Clegane just have him break open his daughter's Jeez. head? I mean, it would have been traumatic and awful instead of this. Oh man, can you just imagine how awful it'll be? You know what it reminds me of? Um, 
There's a gentleman, uh, I know you guys might not know who this guy is, but his name is, I believe, Method Man, and I believe on one of the Wu-Tang albums, it's him and oh, somebody shit. else talking about all the torture they would do to somebody. And is that Raekwon the Chef? Raekwon the Chef. And one guy's like, yeah, I'll uh, put your dick out on a, a drawer and just close the drawer on them shits, or something like that. And then um, Method Man outdoes him and says, you know what i do? I'd sew so, so, um, somebody's asshole shut, and I would just keep feeding them and feeding them and feeding them. And I feel like that's what we have here. This kind of like weird, like outrageous, like, uh, oh man, isn't it con- conceptually awful what she did to uh, the head sand snake? Yeah. Where it doesn't have a payoff. I don't for think me. that, I don't think the method man is good enough. Taylor, that he could actually show it son. I mean, that, that's going to take a know, while. Like, Poop even would if not be able to get out of there. I mean, I think Poop would get out of there. Yeah, I Maybe mean, yeah. Pretty tight stitch. If you feed them, you can't feed them anything spicy because it'll be liquefied. Yeah. Shit, and that's definitely getting through those stitches. I mean, maybe you feed them a lot of corn because that will definitely yeah. get through. Oh, yeah. Out. Yeah, they'll just back them up. All right. Uh, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. No, it, it's too comical, not, not grounded. It's, yeah, it's not grounded, yeah. I feel like. And it's just too much of a it's 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 too conceptual instead of actually seeing something awful and the show doesn't usually doesn't veer away from showing us awful stuff um right okay next honorable mention for the best of moments queen of throne or queen of thorns final moments uh telling jamie uh how terrible cersei was telling her telling uh jamie how she killed uh what's his nuts joffrey i thought that was really good uh, I got to disagree with you a little bit. Okay. This is why America's great. Uh, yeah. You know, we have disagreements and, you know, we can accept each other's disagreements or we just yell at them or kill people. Uh, so this was another one of those things where it was just like, you know, tell Cersei it was me. And then he does it. Uh, he shouldn't have, like, he did it to protect Tyrion. Because yeah. Cersei was still going off on this motherfucker, Tyrion, killed our child. Um, and he didn't. He didn't have anything to do with it. And uh, But still, um, I think the actress um, who played the Queen of Thorns is just so good. I just loved how she handled it. She's just like, is there going to be pain? No. And he's, she's just like, oh, okay, great. And she just downs it real quick. And then she just starts in with the bullshit. Um, so I think it was done well. I just. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was good because as show, uh, show watchers, we obviously knew that. But there would have been no way for Jamie to have known that. And so by her dropping that, I mean, it really upends his world. And it, it allows him to try to upend. And um, at least allows him to trust his world. brother. I mean, uh, and, yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's it's a huge deal in, in terms of the the family politics, and then you know I also I mean I I don't know I guess and I was also it's a good send off for her too because she was so awesome in the show she was one of my favorite characters. So I agree with you 100. percent She's so. she was great. She was a hard loss, but once again that comes back to my number one uh, worst uh, moments of the season. Just how quickly they got rid of uh, right. her. Oh, a huge giant battle between two massive armies. Um, and they took a castle. Yeah, we'll just we'll just do that final, in thirty seconds. Yeah, no, I understand. Final uh, honorable mention is the redemption path of Jamie. We were, I, you know, we've been back and forth for years on whether he will actually be a redeemed character. It's one hundred percent clear that he is a redeemed Absolutely. character. 
And it's such a crazy path for him, too. You know, the first episode, he pushed a child outside of a window to die because he was banging his sister and didn't want the kid to know. And now he's going to join the army. And I think it's pretty clear based on the uh, the armor or at least the previews in the armor. Yeah, absolutely. That, that he's going to be part of the Stark army, you know, or at least what, whatever the forces of the North are. Right. Which seems crazy at this point. And it's finally – it's great that the show seems to have belabored it. The books seem to have pushed him further than where he is in the show, that he's just breaking from Cersei. So it's finally – it's great to finally see him do that. So that's another – my final honorable mention. I would say that's more of one of the things I'm looking forward to next season as opposed to an honorable yeah. mention for this season. Uh, but I'll agree with you. I'll give you that. Uh, the um, Talking about first meetings and reunions, like Jon Snow and, uh, you know – What's his face? Uh, Jamie meeting. Uh, Jamie meeting Bran and being like, "Hey, sorry about that, bud, but I guess yeah. you got some cool superpowers." So, <laughs> sorry about I guess I'm like the, the Joker entire, to your Batman. Sorry about the entirety of your body below your neck. <laughs> uh, sex isn't all that great now. Yeah, <laughs> you know you don't need to do it. Neither is walking. <laughs> Jesus. So all, all right. right, yeah. Well, let's, all right, let's, let's wrap it up. All right, so uh, yeah, overall. Um, uh, let's let's go ahead since it's you know we did the rating thing. Uh, we all know how the rating works. It's a ten point scale, point five increments, so zero to five. Uh, let's rate this season, uh, and once again, it's in the context of other seasons. So, what would you give a number to this season? Jesus well, seven. Doug, as you know, I don't rate anything in numbers. Never have, <laughs> never will. Sandwiches. I, I'm on the sandwich guide. Uh, and I did not have an opportunity to think about this beforehand. All right. Well, and the then, thing about the sandwich rating system is you actually have to put some thought into it. All right. Well, I'll give you my uh, rating as a justification. So amongst all the seasons, I feel like uh, the first, with the exception of season two, just like the second book, which was a little bit of a lull, the first four seasons were pretty just excellent. So um, season five is obviously the worst season there ever was. Um I'll say this, and season six redeemed itself a little bit, but I'll say this is probably the fifth best season, so if I'm going to put that on the 10-point scale and 0.5 increments, I'm going to give it a... I'll give it a two and a half. And once again, right. this is a very good... Let's, this is a very good TV show. Uh, you know, that sounds I'm mediocre. Give it a, we give a, a Chick-fil-A breakfast sandwich, chicken and a biscuit. Ooh, just, just chicken and just a biscuit, nothing... Fancy yes. nothing on that? No egg? No cheese? I don't know that they add those things, but yeah, that's what I'm giving it. Okay, that's fine. All right, so uh, thank you for joining us. We'll, uh, what do you think? We'll do one more episode where we kind of do predictions for the season, or do you just want to convene again when the uh, first episode airs? Uh, this is off-the-air talk. Yeah, but the you know this is what they want to see. This is like behind-the-scenes stuff at the end of like a DVD, or the... Uh, <laughs> The Dave and this, Dan talk about how smart they are at the end of the episode they, behind the throne. Making the sausage and then putting the sausage into each other's mouths. Hey, um, we've got people, at least one person asking when are there going to be more Shame the Thrones episodes. So, Yeah, we'll do one more preview episode. Might right. be short, but we'll do it. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I got to say, I'm kind of looking forward to the new season. What about you? Yes, absolutely. I'm on the hype train. I'm getting caught Get up it in over it. With. Yeah, and I also <laughs> I share that sentiment. Some people are sad that this is ending. No, I'm excited that it's ending. Uh, 
I want to see the end. Yeah. I want to see the end. I don't care anymore. Like I'm not like, oh man, I'll never see these guys again. That's fine. I, I don't care. Uh, no, you will because there's going to be a bunch of spinoffs. Oh, Jesus, so, can you imagine? Yeah. Like, oh man, you know there's going to be a bronze spinoff. And actually, I wouldn't mind it if it's like yeah. low budget, like um, like a Xena type thing. Sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy. Uh, you know the f- enjoy the end. <laughs> that is all I got. Come up with something better now, Brian. Save me. Good night. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Jesus. Rusty. Rusty.